Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. After spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and The Clubhouse. GSW is certainly picking up steam in search, recruiting, training, and consulting. The Clubhouse is a career development platform consisting of monthly webinars, in-depth training vault, job board, mentorship platform, blogs, and a focus on mental health. Be sure to sign up for a free membership at theclubhousecareers.com. In addition, thanks for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. For season three, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path, three key topics that are current in the industry, three hustle hot seat questions, Three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guests this week. In this business, it doesn't matter what product you're selling or what sport you're leading. It's all about the people and process. Our next guest has not only sold and led quite a few teams in the U.S., but is also now assisting top projects all across the world. I'm excited to have Todd Fleming, Senior Vice President of Global Sales at Legends. Todd, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be on, Travis. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the opportunity. Todd, certainly excited to have you and talk shop. Now, you've worked with the Cleveland Cavs, Miami Heat, New Jersey Nets, the Dallas Cowboys, Charlotte Bobcats, Cirque of Americas, and for the past 12 years with legends overseeing properties in Madrid, Spain, and Rome, Italy. What are some similarities from a business standpoint that you've seen in your career? Well, I I mean, hearing you rattle off all the teams that I've worked for, maybe maybe I've moved a little too much. I don't know. (laughs) But um, no, I think, look, the the, the commonalities that I've seen, again, whether internationally or domestically, like top performing franchises consistently are thinking about the future, right? Whether that's through technology, whether that's through marketing, whether that's through kind of products and packaging, they're constantly, they're not reticent to just stand pat. They're always thinking about, hey, what's the consumer journey that I want to have? What's the experience I want to offer to my marketplace? And how does that then impact my brand? And now let's go to work. So I think it's, um, you know, I've been very fortunate to work with a, a lot of companies and a lot of ownership uh, and a lot of brands that think that way. But the commonality is, is they're never standing pat. They're always thinking about what's next for their brand. Yeah. And being innovative and, and thinking proactively. And so, Todd, for you, going back to the beginning, you two grew up in Ohio. So Ohioans love to stick together. You go on to attend the University of Mount Union. What do you think you wanted to do as a career path? <laughs> make money um, <laughs> in whatever form or fashion that 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 may be. No, I um, so I you know I was a business major. So again, I, I, what I thought about doing was how do you get to the corner office of New York City? Um, didn't know exactly what that meant. Uh, Mountain Union was launching a sports management program at the time, um, and it was um, so I took that as my minor, and I would say probably. About midway through my sophomore year, I started to realize, like, man, there's there's something really in and around the business of sport. Uh, you know, being an, a, an athlete, you know, small time athlete at, at the Division three level, um, you know, you had to start thinking about, like, what am I going to do here in, in yeah. a couple of years to, to get out? And um, and so my, my my thought process was really about, like, evaluating myself. What did I feel like my skill set was good at? What did I like doing? Um, and so I started to, to kind of have that analyzation with myself. And so, you know, what I quickly figured out is I was more comfortable in front of like a hundred people than I was maybe potentially being one-on-one. 
Um, I really liked uh, talking to individuals and trying to get to know people. Um, and so I took a step back and I'm like, that's sales. Like yep. that's sales. Like, Cause you're, you're constantly going to be in front of somebody and, and trying to get to know them. So I think early on, I, I said, man, there's a way for me to go make money by selling because it allows me to do a couple things that I think that I'm good at and that I like. Yeah, uh, oh, absolutely. But, but then ultimately, like, how does that arrive into sports? It didn't right away. Like I helped start an internet company in Atlanta in 99, 2000, which was, we had the worst domain name. The domain name was like this long. <laughs> and we were, we were basically selling like um, home decorating products online. And, um, but it gave me a real good sense of how to, how to interact with somebody uh, to talk about the internet. Cause again, 20 some odd years ago, the internet wasn't, was still kind of becoming a new thing. And how do you place your products and drive awareness around your brands or the solutions that you have you know, 20 some odd years ago by using the internet. Um, so it gave me an opportunity to kind of cut my teeth and, and how do you listen and, and try to figure out somebody's objectives. No, and then that's I awesome. got into getting into sports. And then it got into sports. And, you know, as, as you got into sports, you spent the early part of your career in the NBA with the Cavs, Heat, Nets, and then onto the Dallas Cowboys. And in all of those stops, you helped sell and lead sales teams to record-breaking revenue metrics. And so what do you feel like you and your team did on all those stops on such a consistent basis to have so much success? Yeah, look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach it from a, from a couple of different perspectives. I think, one, the, the, the reps uh, that have worked, that I've had a chance to work with on any of those stops really should be the ones that are you're talking to today because they did all the work. Yep. Um, yep. I'd say, you know, finding the right people, um, that are hungry, motivated, and then have the capacity to understand what you're asking them to do. Then I think if you flip to my side of the equation and some of those stops where I was in management, I think it was really developing a communication plan and strategy of how to interact with each individual. There's a there's kind of the global perspective of how do you communicate and, and uh, gain buy-in amongst the group. But then how do you make it digestible to all of the individual personalities on a team? So that way, again, there's always going to be questions about why are we doing this and what does it really mean for me? So how you deliver that uh, from an individual standpoint and communicate that effectively, I think is is one of the common characteristics of why uh, some of the the places that I've been fortunate to work at, why we've had the success is because you get the right people, you put them in the right positions. And then you treat them like professionals and adults and you communicate to them uh, on their levels and teach them how this is going to benefit them in the long term. You know, to your point, it starts and stops with people. You know, that that's first and foremost. So you've always yeah. been a, a big believer in that and big proponent. And, you know, after several leadership shops, you, you become one of the youngest VPs in the business with the Charlotte Bobcats and then on to the VP of Circuit of America's role. And many times you're going into those roles. You have a staff that's been in the business longer than you. So what's yeah. your advice to leaders out there on being able to manage you know, through some of that? I think, it, again, it, I think it starts with listening, right? I mean, I think you've got to, you got to value the people that are on your team and, and the intellectual property that they have from their day-to-day interactions with the, with the marketplace. So I think it's got to start with listening to them and understanding kind of the challenges or the successes that they're going through. And then how do you build your strategy and your process off of the things that they're hearing? So I think it starts with that. 
The other thing is, too, is, is again, it's, you know, you've got to trust in yourself that you've been put in these positions for a reason. Yep. And you've got to be able to, to develop, you know, the plan and the strategy. And then you got to stick to it. You got to be bold enough to, to take the risk and take the leap. Um, and then you got to figure out the tactics of how you're going to make your strategy work. But I think if you go into it with listening to your team, whether they're new or whether they've been there for 20 plus years, if they may be older than you, listen to them. They're the ones that you need all the buy-in from and the ones that actually probably have the real pulse of the marketplace. You then have to take your experience, develop the right strategy, tactics, process, and then stand on the table to make sure that it works. Yeah, and that's what I've always said, you know, and it's exactly what you talked about, right? People and process goes a long way. And many times when you inherit people like that or you've had people that you're leading, at the end of the day, they've had success. And if you can help them make a little bit more money, they're going to get yeah. a lot more buy-in for you. And so- yeah. The other thing is too, in that Travis is like, um, for me, it's, you know, again, I've been in some situations where, um, you know, the brand isn't necessarily the best performance wise, you know, on the field or court or whatever it may be. Um, and some, sometimes like people are just downtrodden. So I think you got to go through the process of like giving people the chance in kind of a reinvigorated new environment that you may bring, uh, to the brand and see whether or not they actually, you know, kind of can course correct and have better results. Or, you know, if they if they continue to figure out that, hey, this may be just not be for them. But I think you got to give people a chance early, particularly at the rep level, coach them, train them, get them into the right places and then try to get out of the way and see what type of results that they make. But I think, again, it's a, it's a little sensitivity that sometimes you come into an environment where people are just beat down. How do you how do you help bring them back up? Right. Build it back up. Yeah. Well, Todd, on your end, over 12 years ago, you, you decided to take the role with Legends. And since your time there, you've been a part of several industry changing projects, such as the one in Madrid or Rome, SoFi Stadium, Allegiant Stadium, George Steinbrenner Field, Circuit of Americas, the crew, U.S. Open. The list can go on and on. I'm, I'm running out of breath. But, yeah. you know, as you think back to all those, what's one key moment that really stands out to you? Yeah, well, look, it, it, I, um, you know, we're as an agency, we, we, we really believe in the fact that, you know, we get to carry the ball for somebody. And again, the way that we do things from a white labeled approach is, you know, again, we, we really integrate and invest our time into being their brand. Um, you know, we bring our expertise and, and, uh, and, you know, the things that have made us successful, but we do that through their guys and through their, their, their marks, their logos, because the only thing that really matters is the success that their brand has. I would say for me on a personal level, um, there's two things that I, that I think were really, really cool to be a part of. Um, and, and that we're, I'll, I'll always be proud of it. Circuit of the Americas, I think, you know, launching formula one for the first purpose built track in the United States, I think was, was astronomically rewarding to bring a team together to sell PSLs yep. for a motorsports event and to do it to the tune of the revenue that we did that set that business up for 10 years um, was really fascinating process to go through because we only had 11 months to, to kind of build the plan, get on sale before we actually raced the first event. So, you know, it was one of those kind of, you, know, you, know, you just had to move at a, at a pace and had to get the right people uh, moving in the right direction. Fortunately, we were able to do that. Now, the spinoff of that was, is that that is an international event. That is an international yeah. fan event tracks towards those events that then parlays into you know my time going to italy and, and and having the chance to work uh with as roma and so i think 
doing something rather unique to the American culture, which is Formula One motorsports version and the international flair of that and then being able to get really in depth with with trying to help a brand, a global brand and and a very marketable brand in AS Roma try to achieve their goals for the future. That kind of that dichotomy of doing it, doing an international event in the States that parlays into internationally being able to do business was was something that I'll look back on throughout the rest of my career. It's like, man, that was really, really fun to be a part of. And thankfully, those brands felt that legends and myself could help them in that process. Yeah, yeah. no, that's a, an awesome experience and story. And, you know, as you think about right now as the senior vice president of global sales with legends, I know the easy answer is never the same, but what does a day-to-day or week-to-week look like for you? Uh, variety. Well, look, I think there is some consistency, right? I mean, like first and foremost, we got to wake up every single day thinking about how do we make the experience and revenue capabilities for our our brands better? Yep. Right? I mean, that's what they've hired us to do. That's what we're there to do. We're there to represent them in the marketplace. So I think waking up every single day is rather easy to say, what do I got to do today for the brands that we represent to make their experience better and make their revenue, you know, re- revenue goals a reality? So in that regard, it's easy. Um, from a business development standpoint, a little, little bit different. That goes back to your point of like the variety is, is different, but it's trying to find alignment with the right brands and the people at the brands to make sure that the opportunities or the services that we're trying to get through the door, that there's alignment from the very beginning. Yep. If there's alignment, then then ultimately, I don't you know, want to downplay this, but if there's alignment from the beginning on the objectives and the goals and the tactics that we're going to use to go do it together, the execution piece of that becomes rather simple. Yep. Doesn't 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 necessarily mean that it's not going to be hard work to execute every single day, but the pathway to seeing the end result becomes so much clearer when you have alignment from the very beginning. And so we strive to do that every single day inside of our engagements, but certainly from a business development standpoint, we try to get far enough ahead and find like-minded brands that are looking at the world similar to how we do. So that way the alignment from the beginning of the relationship is so intact and seamless that, you know, success, success is, is within earshot. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Todd Fleming, Senior Vice President of Global Sales at Legends. And Todd, let's we could certainly talk about your career for hours and everything you're doing, but let's get into the three hot topics. So question yep. one, you're based in Austin, Texas. We've already talked about a variety of uh, across the world, but we've discussed all these projects. What's your advice to listeners on being able to lead teams from afar and still ensure that everyone is being efficient and effective? I think it's time management, first and foremost. Again, whether that's domestically or or internationally, I think you've got to be present, meaning, and, and again, in today's world, which what we live in, virtual means present. But you've got to have a plan and approach to every type of interaction that you're going to have at the executive level, at your counterpart level, and then obviously to, to the teams that actually go and execute uh, the decisions that, uh, that, that, that the executives make. So I think it's having a plan and strategy and being present within the moment. So that way you can lock in and show that that individual that you care and that you're, you're fully invested in what matters to them. So that way, you know, you, you, you have a more efficient type of dialogue and conversation. The back end of that, again, it's a kind of consistent theme here of, of what we've talked about today. You got to listen. Yep. You got to listen to what's happening. And um because to me, it's the most critical thing that we have is the communication that is amongst all of our teams. Now, again, some of that's happening internationally. So you got to be willing to wake up early or stay up late from time to time. But you better go into it with a plan and you better be able to listen to what the client needs or what your team on the ground needs. So that way you can react appropriately. And I'm glad you keep talking about listening, right? You have two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should do twice as much <laughs> listening as you talking. And it's such a key in everything you do, whether it be leading yeah. or selling or, or everything else. And so question two, well, Todd, well, you, before you move on to yeah. just one other topic on that. So the other thing, like when you're, I would make a high, like a recommendation to the Americans that may be listening to this, dedicate time to, to learning another language, dedicate the time because there's going to be so much opportunity internationally um, moving forward that, you know, we, there will be opportunities for Americans. Hopefully it's mainly within our firm, yeah. but there'll be opportunities for people to go overseas and make a really significant impact, but you got to do it culturally. You got to be culturally respected, you know? And so to me, it's like dedicating the time to try to learn or at least understand another language would be another critical component, specifically from a management standpoint that I would, that I would impede yeah. people to or implore people to go do is, is to try to learn another language. Any specific one or just learn a language? Look, I mean, look, business, business is always going to revert back to probably English at times, but like socially when you're out and about, I, I, again, for me, it's, you know, I, my wife is Colombian. So, you know, having the ability to, to speak Spanish, uh, I'm not fluent, but I'm dangerous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I learned Italian from that time. So I, I, for me, those two nice. were, the, were the most yeah. important. But again, I think it's any of those languages, you know, try, try to just make yourself a little bit more marketable, more cultural to the world. Um, so that way you don't come across as the American trying to tell people what to do. Yep. You're actually making recommendations through their lens or through their language because they'll, the credibility that you earn of trying to do it that way will set you up for success. You know, throughout my time in Miami, I became Senior Manzana. So I, uh, again, yeah. learn enough to be dangerous. I'm not fluent by any means, but I know enough. Uh, yeah. And so, so Todd, question two, as you think back into some of these new builds and the renovations and some of the projects that you and the team are part of, technology is also a crucial part of that. Technology is crucial in everything we do. Going even granular into that, why do you think sales technology is so important to having success? 
Well, I think, it, yeah, I mean, it's a great question. So I, look, I think from a sales perspective, you, you know, technology and how you deliver and build awareness in and around uh, whatever the opportunity may be, right? Renovation, new build, ongoing ticket sales, you know, sweet sales. Like I, the, the way that a consumer now digests information along their journey is all digital, right? It's it or mainly digital. And so what we've got to try to be able to do as sports marketers that are challenged to generate revenue is find people on their journey. And technology gives us the platform to do that. And again, there's a myriad of, of kind of companies that can help this. There's, you know, we're, we're our own solutions inside of this space. But to me, it's it's all got to be done via technology because that's where the consumers go first. They're no longer picking up the phone to call into to the arena or the stadium to ask questions. They're not even really necessarily going to your website. They're going to Google or their search engines to do all of their research. So to me, it's like, where does your technology stack um, show up in somebody's search and how are you meeting them on their journey to then make sure that they're aware about the opportunities that are in their place? The back end of that is, is the data and analytics approach of like analyzing databases and developing the personas of people who are attending your events, right? Or coming to your venue or hitting your site, right? Or hitting any of the any of the opportunities or message points that you you put out there. Having the technology in place to really analyze those types of touch points are going to put sports marketers, brands, teams, uh, universities in a much much better position to to have revenue generation at the end of the day and have long term value out of a fan base. And I always like to think about, you know, there's always two value propositions. There's a value proposition is you as the, the sales consultant and, and the value proposition of the buyer and how do you get them to marry together? So, so absolutely. And finally, Todd, question three, with a role like yours, you're constantly presenting in front of top decision makers around the world and pitching very large multi-year, multi-property deals. What's your advice on just successful planning and executing some of those high-level meetings? Yeah, look, I think, um, it, and I'm going to answer this maybe twofold. So first and foremost, again, when when you have an opportunity to kind of meet with a real key C-level executive, um, that probably has been a series of sessions with people that work for them that's led up to that, or a series of sessions directly with that individual where you've been able to build some rapport and some understanding about their objectives, right? So I think doing the doing the diligence on the front end to understand what matters to them and their objectives personally and professionally, it's going to put you in a much better position uh, when you step in there for the bigger pitch. The other thing that you've got to do uh, that I would recommend is you got to you got to kind of walk in there. I mean, it's uh, those are scary times, you know. I mean, it's no matter you've been doing it for twenty plus years or two years, having a big pitch is still a big pitch. Yep. The thing is, is you've got to you've got to kind of dial it, dial into yourself and say, look, I, I've done this before. I trust in it. I know what I'm going to say. They don't, yeah. right? They don't know what I'm going to say. So just say it. You're not going to be perfect. Confidence not, is contagious. But you've got to walk into that room, not arrogant, but you got to walk into that room that, hey, I've done the diligence on the individual. I've done the diligence on the other key kind of components and individuals in the room that I may need buy-in from. And by the way, I've got a, I've got experience doing this. Let's go deliver. You've just got to trust in yourself that you're going to be able to deliver the message the right way. And there's always a Q&A session that you can you can kind of catch all anything that you missed. Yep, exactly. Well, Todd, what a great career you've had an SBJ 40 under 40 winner. As you think back, what's been your best memory? 
Yeah, you know, it's um, it's probably going to be a more personal one. I'm going to get sappy for a little bit, right? <laughs> so I, I've got uh, you know, I've got a wife and and, and three kids, uh, and my oldest kid now is actually in the business, um, if you can believe that. So I would say, look, my family being a part of the experience, um, you know, I've drugged them around, like we talked about. I've moved a lot, uh, and they and they've been a part of uh, all of those, if if not most of them. Yeah. Um. So I think you know, again, seeing their faces go to events. And having the ability to kind of, you know, to, to create experiences through the work that I've been fortunate to do for them um, is great. And then having the moments, uh, I know you're getting ready to go on a little trip yourself, but having the moments with my wife where she's been able to kind of come along yep. and experience some of the cities uh, and things. But I think the the inclusion of my family in the in the world of business that I've chosen to be in I think is one of the 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 most uh, incredible things that I've had a, a chance to do, and one of the most memorable things that I've had to do. You know, again, we lived in Italy. Um, you know, probably wouldn't have been able to do that without this industry, without this business, um, and, and certainly without this company having the the global perspective that we have. So that's something that will always go down is the inclusion of my family and and how they've been able to be wrapped up. Now, now thoroughly wrapped up in the business. <laughs> All immersed into it. Well, Todd, yeah. this has been great. To, to close out, I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Okay. Yeah, let's go. You've traveled a lot. So if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Italian, hands down. Cacio e pepe. Right at the, no doubt. Give it to me every day. If a movie was made about your life, who would you want to play you? <laughs> Maybe it's not who I'd want, want to play me, but I get told a lot that I look like Adam Sandler. <laughs> and so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think thing, it's a good thing. I'll say Sandler. I tell everybody all the time. I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I wish I had his bank account. I was going to say, I would take it. So, so Adam Sandler, because a little bit, people say I, there's, there's a resemblance and he's funny, but can be serious at the same yep. time, which again, maybe, maybe I come across that way. Perfect. What's the last thing you completed on your bucket list? Oh, I'm injured right now. Uh, but I completed the New York City Marathon in 19. So you know, right before the world shut down. Uh, I had some grandiose ideas of, of trying to get five marathons underneath my belt. I'm injured, so I can't get to the starting line. So I'd say from a from a bucket list standpoint of like putting your body through an immense test would have been the, the 2019 New York City Marathon. Impressive. And then finally, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Uh, self-evaluate yourself consistently. You're your hardest critic, but you're also going to, you're also that conversation will consistently put you on the path to where you need to have success. What's best for you. Again, common theme, listen, 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 because that's going to make you a more effective communicator. Right. And so, and then the last thing is you got to have fun in every single step of what we're doing. Again, we're, Sports, entertainment, places of congregation are meant to be fun. There's a lot of time we go through hard pitches. We go through hard conversations. We're in hard deals. We're in hard negotiations. It's business at its core. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what we all get a chance to do is create an experience for somebody. We can't lose perspective of, of that inside of our jobs. So even through the hard moments, you need to take that 15 minutes each day, kind of take a breath and realize like, man, this, this is kind of fun to think about what to do for X brand and what it may be. As hard as it may be in the moment, it's got to be about fun because the people that will show up in that venue or, or experience that brand, they're there to have fun. So we should too. Awesome. Well, Todd, thank you so much. Pleasure talking to you. I certainly appreciate your time and your expertise.
man, I really appreciate it. And, uh, and I'll, I'm, I'm accessible whenever you need me again. This was fun. So thanks uh, a lot. That's awesome. Well, again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week.